Welcome to Results May Vary, a podcast to help you design your life. Chris and I have worked in the field of design and innovation for over 17 years between us. We've helped sustain a food revolution for Jamie Oliver and redesigned the way LA County votes. We've even engaged the world's most creative minds in science by turning their genes into music at TED. Throughout our careers, we always wondered, what if we took the same creative problem-solving process we used to help well-known organizations solve their toughest challenges and applied it to people's lives? Would it work? Would anyone listen to us? And maybe even scarier, what would happen if they did? Results May Vary is a thoughtful experiment to see just what happens when you set out to intentionally design your life. Results May Vary! Welcome to the sixth episode of Results May Vary. Tracy and I are inspired by the response and we're loving our conversations with you and all of our guests. If you haven't had a chance, check out some prior episodes. We talked to folks like David Kelly, telling us about creative confidence, to Andy Weir, whose spare time writing has evolved into a New York Times bestseller and feature film. They've all been intentional in the design of their lives. Many, including Aaron Scott, who recently moved into a van, are passionately reimagining what is. The purpose of the show is to ignite this level of idea to action in all of us. On to today's show. Do you ever have that recurring idea that's really cool but hard to make time for? That's the insight our next guest has built an entire company around. Jessica Simone is now helping people work on their passion. Born and raised in Lebanon, Jessica moved to the U.S. to attend Stanford Business School. She was an early employee at Airbnb, where she helped scale their operations globally and launched Airbnb's first global conference. Despite the success, though, Jessica wasn't completely fulfilled. So she spent a year interviewing 100 people doing what they love through her blog, Passion Stories. During this time, she found her own passion, which is helping people find theirs. And today she's dedicated full-time to this, through her company, The Passion Co. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. Yeah, I'd love to support in any way I can. Thank you. What you're up to. Yeah, I feel the same about you. (laughs) I'd love to just get an overall, how did you get here? And what are you doing? So I basically moved to the U.S. because I wanted to go to Stanford Business School, mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So not because I actually had a plan. Secretly, I'm like, I don't know what the hell am I doing? And so I said, oh, people go to business school when they don't know and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sounds like a great idea. Right. So I first time in America. And it, interestingly enough, I went through a hard depression because mainly I found out while in it and by the end of it that it was because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I came to a breaking point where I had no relationship with self. I was just living for external validation. And the beauty about the crisis is it got me to see uh, a different side of my life, which was Jessica who had dreams and had passions um, that needed to come alive and weren't coming alive. And the top of that passion was writing. I just love to write, but I stopped writing, I guess, when I was 14 because nobody t- tells you that anyways, writing is something that will make you money. 
that it's important to just focus on things that make money. So during business school, I said, why don't I start a blog on the side called Passion Stories? And it would be interviewing people who are passionate about what they do and get me to write again. Obviously, I didn't start it because we all say we want to do things and we don't. So up until graduation, I just talked about it here and there, but never did anything. So when I joined Airbnb, which was then a small startup, I was talking about it to one of my colleagues. And she's like, oh, I love doing photography on the side. Why don't we do the blog? So then I'm like, shit, now I can't get away with procrastinating because there's something, someone else who knows about it and is involved. So after, I would say, a year in Airbnb, we started going doing these interviews. I remember interviewing a fashion technologist, a watercolorist, a woman who was a DJ. And How did you pick the people that you were going to interview? At the beginning, it was word of mouth. So I would ask people, like, do you know someone who just love what they do? And like, oh, yes! You have to talk to Allison, who left this job at in finance to do fashion. And surprisingly enough, or not, people loved to share their stories. They were hungry to be heard. And so that intersection of people wanting to share their stories and other people wanting to hear them uh, made the blog actually start picking up and becoming successful. Photography obviously was so helpful in doing that. And the more I was working on the blog, the more I started seeing. You know when you start seeing a trend and you're like, hey, how come nobody noticed it, but I'm seeing it? And for me, it was how many people had started on the side. Just the simple idea of if you want to pursue your passion full time, just start something small on the side. And I realized that it wasn't very much in the narrative, in the narrative of career. Nobody encouraged you really to start on the side. So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get more people to start on the side through workshops. And the workshop at the beginning was totally like hacking something. Like, oh, let's do like three-hour thing in my apartment and invite friends. And then it picked up. People were coming hungry, but nobody was doing anything. They would be like, all right, I commit to doing this and this and this and then not doing it. They would come to the workshops and participate, and then that was sort of the end of it. Yeah, they would be like, oh, I'm excited. I want to start this blog. I want to paint again. I want to do this home brewing. Nothing happened. Yep. So I was like, this is not working, you know? Um, so this is eventually through like iteration, like borrowing a lot also what I learned from Airbnb about like a startup and thinking about at that point the workshops as a product and how can I iterate on it. It turned into finally the product that is now our five-week program. It's, since then we've launched over 400 projects through it and uh, it's incredible what people can accomplish when you give them accountability, when you give them support, when you give them structure. Magic happens. So I finally, like when the company became more sustainable, I realized that I can get, make it to a point where I can pay myself a salary. Not a great salary, but something to live with and be able to pay three other people. I left Airbnb. That's amazing because it isn't easy to do. How long did it take you to get to that point? A little over a year and a half. And what were some of the things that you learned during that process of iteration that really helped transform the workshops you were offering? I learned that people don't know what they want, which I'm saying it's universal with anything when you start asking people. I mean, a lot of people were more ambitious about what they can do than what actually they did. So not trusting that people are going to follow up with what they do and just being their mother. So creating a product that mothers people. <laughs> like people wanted you to ask them every week to show up and, and say what they accomplished. But at the beginning, they don't say they want it. 
And then as soon as you they you offer it, they are all over it, and they are actually getting shit done. I also learned that fear is the biggest, biggest, biggest resistance. Like there is no other thing. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have time. All of that is just fear. So giving people that awareness and tools to deal with that can take them places. And the last thing, the power of having people meet in person. Nothing really can replace that personal connection that you make. The power of meeting up in person. That's why when we're launching our online product next year, half of it is in person and half of it is online. It's going to be launched in five cities. Where? LA, New York, obviously San Francisco, uh, DC, and Chicago. Wonderful. When is it going to launch? We're planning on launching uh, the first quarter of uh, next year. You take the online classes, then there will be someone locally who is going to organize the meetups, the weekly meetups to report back on your project. And then the best projects will get to be flown to San Francisco to participate in our big event, Shine, where uh, we'll fly them and pay for their stay to launch their project in San Francisco. I'm wondering, what, is, what are your dreams for Passion Co? My big goal is getting everyone started everyone whatever city you are whatever age you are and what are some of the projects that have come out of your workshop series to date that you're incredibly proud of one of them is called xo bakes and it's a project about designing cookies that turned into a business (laughs) it started literally with this woman being oh i like to design cookies and i just left my tech job at square to her literally designing cookies putting them out there getting picked up by the media all of a sudden having more orders that she can handle, obviously paid orders, needing to hire people to work with her and starting saying no for orders and then her going from being like, oh, I just left a job to now I have a business. I love that because of the idea of like, oh, I like designing cookies. Who's going to give a shit about it? <laughs> and then being like, no, just look at what could this do just if you start doing it and putting it out there in the world. When you say like designing cookies, what is the... What do the cookies look like? What's her angle? So it could be anything from designing your logo of your company in cookies to designing Frida Kahlo cookies. They're just so beautiful. And then the, the idea behind it is people want customized gifts, right? Or something special to use for an event. For the Oscars, there was this huge party in LA and they wanted her to design like cookies for the Oscars. Okay. And it's something that, again, like she doesn't want to build the next big company. She just wants to do something that she likes on the side that make her just enough money and why not? One of the things that we've sort of seen as we're talking to people, there's a sense that you need to work in tech and sort of have a safety net of this tech money in order to live your dreams. Obviously, we don't believe that that's true, but have you seen that myth dispelled in the types of people who are coming through your program? Yeah, I mean, I would say especially people like because we live in San Francisco, there is that other feeling of like, I'm sick of tech. And people just want to be like, yes, it's okay if you are, you know, that positive reinforcement. I think it's the the narrative. I go back, I like to talk about the narrative because it's real. Like the narrative is startup an app and it will be bought for billions or you'll become the next Airbnb and success is that. So it's zero or a billion, which is a very VC mentality. And instead being like, what if you built a business that made you a million dollar a year, where you're doing what you love, where you don't have a lot of employees, where you can travel, 
Thank you. You can call it lifestyle business. I call it living. Have you listened to the second season of Startup? Oh, no, I only watched the first. In that one, they have uh, two women starting a dating business. And I think at the end, they decide that, well, maybe we're just a lifestyle business. And there's this almost sense of defeat. But like you're saying, I mean, if you're making a business that sustains you, that you're passionate about, well, isn't that success? Exactly. I think it goes back to that shitty narrative. Right. Um, And I'm sorry, because I interrupted you, you were going to talk about some of the other companies that you have helped through Passion Co. that were successful that you're excited about. Yeah, there was one guy that is passionate about cats. And he's a software engineer. And he's like, I want to do something about cats. So he launched a cat scale, like he built and prototyped a cat scale. It's called Little Cat Labs. And it's a scale that links to your apps because 50% of cats are overweight. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's another. A third project is a basically a brand, a beer brand. Uh, it's a home brew. So this girl, Rina, is awesome. So she uh, built a brand and uh, everything from scratch in one month. Now she wants to like start selling her beer in stores. How did she that's build that in just one month? Because she was already toying out with home brewing and then the program gave her all right i'm gonna launch the name the brand the website uh three flavors name them test them so it just gives you that like i'm going you know versus oh i'm toying with something okay so now you're doing a conference called start how did that come about yes so it came about because a lot of people were writing us from different parts in the world and being like, or in the country. I mean, I, I want to launch my passion project, but I can't come to San Francisco or it's five weeks. It's long. I have travel. So we said two things like one, what if we brought 500 people together? Like we already are bringing 30 people together in the program and crazy stuff is happening. Imagine bringing 500 people together over three days. What can happen? We believe that crazy, amazing things are going to happen. So we took our curriculum and condensed it into a weekend. Um, We also brought in amazing speakers that we know just to share their stories of starting. And also there's going to be over 30 workshops that you can take that will help you get started. And the last day you launch. So think about it as a hackathon for your passion. So we're really excited because... This is the biggest thing we've done. And we've been really also impressed by the response and how many amazing people want to participate, speak, join, launch their projects. Do they need to come with their passion already figured out? So there's two tracks. So there are people who already know their passion and have started dabbling on their passion project. It's going to be a good platform for them to launch it and potentially win a passion project award. And there are people who don't know. So they're going to go on the track, which is the find your passion track, which is we're going to give them a workshop specifically that we've been teaching for two years on how to find your passion. They're going to commit to one step towards their passion over the weekend and also launch it on Sunday. And what does the launch look like? So for the people who are finding their passions, we're dividing people into tribes. So within their tribe, they would be able to show what they did. You know, it could be even like if they painted the mural with the muralist that we're having, or they like took their first baking class or home brewing class, or if they wrote the first entry of their blog, anything that was a small step, share it with their tribe on Sunday. And if it's something physical, they can exhibit it. And the people who have a more serious passion project that they came in, um, they're going to go on stage and pitch it. So they're going to take classes on Saturday. They are more 
how to pitch your project, how to do your marketing plans, so business fundamentals that a lot of people need for their passion project. And they get the chance to win the passion project award. So there will be a jury that will decide six winners. It sounds like such a fantastic weekend. And unlike a lot of other conferences where you're just sort of sitting back and listening to other people tell you about things, you actually get to go and do it yourself and have that accountability you were mentioning before that's so important to people. And we're not going to have chairs at the conference, so you bring your own chair or pillow to sit on. What's the idea behind that? You want you to express your creativity even from the way you want to sit. We don't want you to sit in chairs. Go crazy. How do you want to sit? <laughs> right? Chairs are se separate people. You know, what if we brought a couch with you and shared it with other people? I love that idea. Perfect. When I was looking at some of the work that you are doing on the website, you had the quote about people who are dying, that they say they wish they had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expect of me. Mm -hmm. How does that help guide your mission? It helps us remind people of the urgency, right? Like, because you can always put off what you want to do, always. Like, there's like hundreds of thousands of excuses, right? It could even be... Oh, I'm having a hard time with my partner. I'm not going to do what I love. Even drama is a way of putting off your life. And so reminding people that as much as it sucks, you're going to die. What are you waiting for? Yes. Do it now. 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 Doing, doing, doing. Because doing gets you out of the fear. That's the only way you can rationalize fear. The only way to like get out of it is movement. Is there something in your life recently that you've felt fear around and that you took steps forward to get over? Yeah. I did have a medical issue and thankfully I had surgery and I'm doing better and things are fine. But that was a wake up call. So it was a wake up call that despite the fact that I'm doing the passion co and I love what I do, I realized also that I wasn't doing like so many things that I want to do. Like I have always wanted to go to Bali and I kept putting it out right and writing my book. And since I had this thing I booked all December I'm going to Bali. <laughs> Good for you. Right. It was things like that, like that changed. I also decided that like, I want to be in a relationship that when I go on dates, I'm telling the guys that I want to be in a relationship. I'm no longer like being like, let's play games and being afraid. And if you're not interested in a relationship, thank you. That's very courageous. Thank you. <laughs> One of our first episodes was with David Kelly, who founded IDEO, and um, we were asking him, you know, how he applies some of the strategies that he helped create to his own life. And what was interesting is he was talking about when he got cancer, you know, he made these deals with God about what he was going to do if his life was saved. And what was interesting was even though he's schooled in all of these strategies and he had this life altering moment, uh, he still kind of wasn't 100% following the protocol. And we thought that was really interesting. It just shows how difficult it is for people to really stay on track to do the things that they want to do. There's so many roadblocks in the way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a nice story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. For the audience that's listening and they're thinking, yes, I want to take action. I want to do all of these things. And maybe right now they can't participate in your workshops because they don't live here, or maybe they won't live in the five places where you're going to launch next year. If you could tell them three things that they could do right now that would help them have success in taking action with their passion, what would those be? Number one, I would say you can't do it alone. 
really like find someone and it doesn't have to be a friend right it could be like someone that shares a similar interest in you and be like hey what if we held each other accountable or come to a fashion co workshop or the conference but anyways community is important so definitely find someone don't think like just trust that you're going to do it on your own I would say the second thing is set the smallest goal possible, right? Even if it's saying, by next week, I want to find a name for my blog. Check. By the week after, I want to write a paragraph for my first blog post. Because once you start getting into action, you're switching your mindset. So you're getting into a place of possibility. With the conference, are you planning to have any community building aspects that come out of that? Will people be able to stay in touch or do anything beyond the conference itself? Yes. So obviously there is going to be a Facebook group. But the way we're designing the tribe is you're connected with people who live in the same city. So you can then have subsequent meetups afterwards. Well, thank you so much. This has been really insightful. I'm excited for all the great work that you're doing. And I think that the conference sounds amazing as well as the workshops. Yeah. So if people want to come to the conference, startconference.co.co. Go get your ticket. All I have to say is Passion Co. rocks. Um, I'm really excited. I can't. I wanted to sign up the whole time. I was like, get me in this session. This sounds great. I know, right? I like that she's identified these common barriers, and they always sound intuitive. But when I was, I was chuckling a bit when she said, yeah, we used to have these great workshops and nobody would do anything. So her unpacking that of essentially you need a product that mothers people through accountability, support, and structure. I like that she just calls everybody's BS on their reasons and the reasons fear. And we've heard a lot of that. We've heard people tell us, I can't do this because I have kids. I can't do it because I don't have enough money. I can't do it, blah, 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 blah. And I love that she just cuts through all that and says, you know what they're saying is that they're scared. Absolutely. And I like that she kind of came to solutions through iterating her workshop. It's like, yeah, she started off and it was kind of a mess and they're trying things. And, and then over time, she's learning some strategies and solutions. You know, as all of the people that we've spoken to on the show so far talk about their own fears and barriers, I think for our listeners, they're really interested in hearing some of those solutions. I found it a relief, too, that people are wanting to unlock this potential that lives inside them or these ideas that live inside them. And I found it refreshing that maybe it's a little bit skewed by where we're from, Tracy, where we hear a lot about startups and what's the next 10x multiple breakthrough of X, Y, and Z disrupted industry. And I, I just love the cookie story where it's just these cool little ideas that are never meant to be major breakthroughs. In a way, they are, though. They're just sort of lifestyle breakthroughs and they're personal breakthroughs. And so it's not that people are going to Passion Co. to completely reinvent everything, although they could, it sounds like. A lot of it's just these dormant things that need to be unlocked in people and that it doesn't have to be, it could be the reinvention of the lemonade stand, you know? Yeah. And I think having Passion Co. there to walk you through a process allows you to realize that it's not you, that you're a bad person, that you don't have willpower, that you don't have stick to It's that you don't have a process and a community of people to hold you accountable and let you know what the next steps are. If I were to kind of rattle off my four greatest takeaways, it was the process, you know, giving somebody the structure. I love, love, love never go alone. I think so many people are in an individual pursuit against their ambitious desires that they never involve anybody else in. Fear being the biggest resistance. And then these set the smallest goal possible. 
again, we hear that so often, but so few people actually do that. This rapid iteration, small goal, what's the next step? The last thing I'd say, I'll add a quick number five in there, is that she talked about the power of being in person, so the workshop being a face-to-face -face thing, and that half her sessions are in person and half are online. And that felt really balanced and human and real where in a world where everything's trying to get you to go exclusively digital. Yeah, and I think that a lot of companies that are trying to offer classes online are having that same realization. It's not as easy as just putting your content up for people, and they'll just go through the program, and that'll be great. People have such good intentions, they sign up, and then they never open up even the first lesson, because life gets in the way, and you prioritize everything else over what you want to do. You know, just to step back for a sec, Trace, I, th I think the... Do you mind if I call you Trace? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've reached that level of friendship. <laughs> a lot of our, a lot of the people that we've talked to, very accomplished people, they hit a crisis point, and that was the trigger for this activity. I was just thinking about her. I have to be honest, when I was listening to the tape and first heard, you know, Stanford and Airbnb, it was kind of like, okay, here we go again, another another Bay Area overachiever. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting. Is while on paper that looked amazing, it wasn't what she ultimately wanted to be doing and that external validation was what she realized that's all she was achieving. Yeah, so, I love that she yeah. was vulnerable in that moment to admit that because I think that is a hard thing to realize. I mean, even to get to the point where you know that about yourself and then to know that about yourself and, and feel compelled to do something about it. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, people check out Passion Co. in the show notes. You can link to Jessica's workshop, see a little bit more about what she's up to. And her blog sounds fantastic as well with all the photography blended with her writing. So make sure you check out Jessica. Great episode, Tracy. And thanks for listening. The results may vary. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Our dream is to build a community of people who can create and take advantage of any opportunity that interests them. To do this really well, your participation is key. So if you want to try out and share back your own life design experiments, or if you've already got a great story of how you've designed your life, we'd love to hear from you on our Facebook page or at resultsmayvarypodcast.com. Our website is also where you'll find show notes and links to all the things we mentioned in the podcast. And if you would be so kind, subscribe to the show and rate us and write a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That'll let even more people start designing their lives. Special thanks to composer and filmmaker H.P. Mendoza for the results may vary theme music and graphic designer Anessa Bramer for our logo. And of course, thank you so much for listening to Results May Vary!